1: Danny and Dusty. My Uncle Gus is the uncle that likes to work the grill. As soon as he walk in the house, he's like, get away from that grill. You don't know how to start no fire. With
2: the latest on the Blazers, Ducks, Beavers, and the hottest topics in sports.
1: We're going to eat a hamburger, okay? Here we go. Chad, throw the match. Now that's a
2: fire. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080.
1: I'm not cooking a
0: Brontosaurus burger. The Fan. All right, hour number two, Danny and Dusty. No Danny Meringue. He'll join us at 1.45 today, though. Um, We'll talk blazers. And uh, could we see a return sooner rather than later? All right. Um, Franchise tag deadline has come and gone. Started off the show with uh, Lamar Jackson news. Ravens placing the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, which means he can go negotiate a long-term contract with other teams. The Ravens will have the ability to match any offer that he is uh, given by another team. And if they choose not to um, match that offer, then the Ravens will get said team's two first-round picks in 2023 and 2024. I don't know what happens if your team doesn't have a first-round pick, though. Have we thought about that?
3: Uh, yeah, it so said that basically if you're gonna we'll it, going to make it, sign to an offer sheet, you've got to have first-round picks you available in the next
0: two years. Okay. Yep. Um, now, if nobody get, gets – here is the savvy part about the Ravens and what they're doing here. If nobody signs him to an offer sheet, if he nobody makes him an offer, he has paid $32 million this year. <laughs> I mean – and that's 13 million less than the exclusive franchise tag. Is. Yep. Um but and 8 million less than what Daniel Jones is going to be getting. But this is the big this is the big risk that you are taking here with Lamar Jackson is that you may just piss him off. If he's paying for, playing for $32 million and he may just hold out and sit out. Um, And that is a very real possibility that, that they're going to be going up against. So, But they are calling the bluff and saying, all right, Lamar, go and negotiate your own contract with someone else and see if you can do it. Uh, the other one you mentioned, it, Daniel Jones, he got his contract four years, $160 million is the report. But I think we all should
3: kind- – uh, It also says apparently with $35 million more in upside or incentives.
0: But this is where you go – it's not four years, $160 million guaranteed for Daniel Jones. The devil is always in the details. And this always takes a little bit to trickle out. And, and if the details do come out uh, when we're on the show, then we will give those to you. Um, but, with, you know, we talked yesterday um, about a contract. Well, Geno Smith also got a contract extension yesterday, too. Um, in this kind of relates a very team-friendly one. Well... Yeah, the devil's in the details with yeah. all these things because the report was three years, one hundred and five million dollar extension. That was what we heard about Geno Smith. Geno Smith is not getting one hundred and five million dollars over three years.
3: No, but he is it getting is, fifty
0: in the first. It is two two years, forty million guaranteed, but he'll likely make fifty because it's a really a trip over the bar incentive that you can get. But it's 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 half. He's guaranteed half of the money in that contract, and with Daniel Jones. Here's here's the devil's in the details, right? He he may have went and got his $40 million annual, average annual salary. That's what he cared about, right? I want to see how much the Giants said, we will guarantee you. Because that is the big indicator of how much they believe in Daniel Jones. Where Lamar Jackson is having his issue is with the fact that he wants it all guaranteed, man. And he wants... Way more than $40 million a year. He wants a Deshaun Jackson. He wants everything all up front and all guaranteed money. That, or a big up front and a lot of guaranteed money. You're not going to get that for a guy with injury history. The The Cleveland Browns should have never given that to Deshaun Watson. No. I mean, it, I think they're starting to quickly realize that right now. Yeah. after Weird, what the Browns happened,
3: did something dumb.
0: Yeah, right. But uh, Daniel Jones getting his... A contract. There's people that are very upset about the fact that it will average forty million dollars a year. Saying he doesn't, uh, he doesn't deserve that kind of money. And you know, what are you looking at? And what are you watching? We'll look back at this in three years, and we'll say that's not that bad of a deal. Justin Herbert is supposed to be getting fifty-five million dollars a year. Is what the projections for Burrow and Herbert are. Man, Fifty five million milli. That's a, a lot. year now. That's $15 million less is what you're paying Daniel Jones. Is Daniel Jones an elite quarterback? No, he's not. No, he's not. We know he's not elite. But the cap is going up. And it's not all guaranteed money. Um, And that is where you'll sit there and you'll say, it's probably a lot more team-friendly. Because i I I, got to be honest here. The Derek Carr deal that we saw yesterday... Mm-hmm. The Geno Smith deal that we saw yesterday; those are relatively team friendly, and 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 you know what? They are also with an acknowledgement of the player of knowing their pecking order in the NFL. Yes, because those guys are veterans, and they're not they're not asking for the moon. They know where they stand in line, and they're right around that a little bit above Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah, and that's that's okay, and that's fair. But guess who's just a little bit above that? It's Daniel Jones coming off of his rookie contract, which your second deal is always the one that you make a big money
3: on, right? Uh, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network says he's getting eighty-two million over the first two years.
0: Eighty-two million over the first two years, yeah. That's probably a, a, a massive signing bonus, right, uh, up front to keep the cap number down and keep the cap number low. Um, but it, it, and right there, that means you have an out after two years, then. If that's what Pelicero's reporting is, is $82 million over the first two years. That And that's what these teams do. They they give these big chunks of money so it doesn't affect—they give them a huge signing bonus at the beginning so it doesn't affect your salary cap, which means that that average number against the cap is going to be relatively low compared to what you're giving him uh, up front. It seems like a lot of money, right? So that's only half of his contract is guaranteed. Yeah. And also it does
3: look like they have put the uh, non-exclusive tag on Saquon
0: Barkley. So he can go out and get, uh, he can shop himself around too, and uh, they can get those picks as well. Uh, And uh, something tells me that, and that is fairly, I won't say common, but that is not an uh, abnormal move for a team to put the non-exclusive on a running back. Mm -hmm. It is uh, for the Ravens to do it to a quarterback, especially an MVP winning quarterback, but to do it to a running back, it is, Hey, go test the market, man. This is kind of how business goes. If somebody wants to overpay you, we'll allow them to overpay you, but we'll give you the non-exclusive tag and you'll come back at a fair number for this year. And hopefully we can uh, pound out a, a long-term extension with you at some point, or we're going to get some picks and, Nobody's given up that freight for a running back, for being honest. So, Saquon Barkley will be a uh, New York Giant. And look, there we saw a handful of tags get handed out. over, over the course of the last few days, we saw Evan Ingram, the tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He got tagged uh, earlier this week. We also have seen Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Uh, he gets the franchise tag slapped on him. Um, and Deron Payne, defensive lineman for the Washington Commanders, he gets the franchise tag as well. It's a really quite, kind of a quiet uh, year as far as the, the franchise tag. But because of what those top five average annual salaries, what we've seen is if you're the one of the five best at your position? Goodness, we're starting to see you all get paid. Yep. And so that lifts up what what the franchise tag number is is because that's what it is, it's the average annual or the average salary of the top 5 at your position. And so you're seeing these guys get paid a heck of a lot more. Um so teams are are, are a little bit Weary of of giving the franchise tag, the one position that you should always see, and I, I'm surprised we don't see more of them, is because I think they are criminally underpaid as a position. The tight end group, I don't, I don't get, I do not understand why we do not see bigger numbers at, at the tight end position. Well, I don't get it.
3: It's, well, because it feels like you have your couple of guys at the top of the tight end, you know, class, and yeah. then there's kind of a a, a good gap. Between the rest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You've got your Kelseys and, 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 uh, you know, or perhaps your Evan Ingram. But
0: Um, look at how many teams. How many teams have a tight end? Look how much it changed. The Minnesota Vikings, I give Kirk Cousins a lot of flack because, I don't know, he has the best assembly of weapons in the NFL. He has got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, and he's got TJ Hawkinson, and that unlocked even more for their offense this past year, right? You've got some damn good tight ends. When you've got a great one, man, hold on to him. Just slap that tag on him. Give, give those guys what they're worth because those George Kittles, those Travis Kelsey's, if you find one of those Gronks, if you find one, they are reliable and they are the best thing your offense can have. They yeah, are. The you hang on line. to them
3: like grim death.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's right. So there is your, um, your franchise tag deadline. The big moves today, again, non-exclusive tag goes on to Lamar Jackson. He will be able to shop himself around. Non-exclusive tag on Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants, um, as well. They can go shop, but their teams do have a right to match, um, and and that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Daniel Jones gets his contract extension. That was the domino that needed to fall for Saquon to get his tag placed on him. Uh, Jones gets a... Four-year deal, $160 million. Um, Tom Pellicero saying $82 million guaranteed over the first two years. So about half of that bad boy and probably a, a team out after two years. Um, again, that doesn't mean he's getting paid $40 million a year. He's going to have a massive signing bonus on it uh, at the beginning of it. And the devil will be in the details of how much money that thing is actually worth and how much it hurts the Giants uh, at, at on the salary cap because – Here's something to, to remember and, and to, to keep an eye on. Teams with a uh, lot of salary cap space, right? You have got the Bears have got $86 million in space. The Falcons, $61 million. Apparently, the Falcons, according to Diana Rossini, they are out of the running for Lamar Jackson. Uh they've got 61 million to spend. The Giants have got 42 million. That just took a big hit. Uh the, the Texans 29. The Raiders 30 million. Uh Bengals have 32 million. The Patriots 27. And then there's a massive drop-off. Uh the Seahawks 12.6, and then the Lions 11.1. That is effective cap space. That is the cap space um, that you look at and say. If you keep all of the holds on all of the the salaries for guys of what they what who will be free agents, if you resign them, that's a sp- effective cal- salary cap space. Um, so it's a little bit different than the actual raw number because that includes guys that you know they're gone, right? Free agent. There is a level of of player that you say, all right, we're not going to keep all of our free agents, but we're going to keep some of them, and, and that's your effective cap space. All right. Let's calm down. Let's take a deep breath here. And uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Geno Smith, man. His story's awesome. It is a really cool story. uh, From being labeled a horrible teammate and getting your job busted to Comeback Player of the Year and now paid. Danny Dusty on the fan.
1: Selling a little or a lot.
0: Uh-huh. Danny right. and Dusty on the fan on
1: oh, yeah. Girl,
0: I must oh, stand stand tell me you don't stand dance stand stand when you hear the song like you just, oh, how can you not you just, yeah. just kind of feel a little bit yeah yeah, absolutely bye bye yeah <coughs> oh no this is Bell Biv DeVoe yeah, huh. this, this is BBD yeah this is Bell Biv DeVoe you is ready a, Ronnie this is not new edition but that that may be – I can't remember the last time I opened up Pandora. haven't used Pandora. Mm-hmm. But I used to go down the Bell Biv DeVoe rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. And it was just basically Bell Biv DeVoe. Uh, you got a lot of new addition mm-hmm. thrown in there. Some, then, then they just would, like, break off Bobby Brown solo. You yeah. know, sometimes you get some of that.
3: Maybe a little Johnny Gill or some Ralph Tresvant.
0: yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got you basically nailed it, yep. and uh, it wasn't a deep it wasn't a deep rotation of of uh, artists, but you got them, and they had bangers.
3: I went to one of their shows. Uh, God, it was junior high, maybe it was early high school. It was a Triple Threat tour: Keith Sweat, Ralph Tresvant, and BBD.
0: Boy, um, how <laughs> many how many parachute pants were in that building? I know
3: I was wearing my ZCavaricci's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what was great? <laughs> Have you seen uh, 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 Joe Fisher? Mm-hmm. Joe Fisher came in the other day, and uh, he had a members-only jacket on? Yes. Jelly. You know he didn't realize he just thought he got like this new trendy jacket. <laughs> he didn't realize what he was wearing. He's like, I get, I've gotten a lot of compliments on this members only jacket. <laughs> You're damn
3: right. He didn't
0: know. You're <laughs> damn right. You get compliments on the members only jacket. I mean, that was, <laughs> what was great is like, yet he he's like, I had to Google it. Like I didn't even know it's, my goodness, my man! You didn't know what you just stumbled into. Yeah, man, that's a that's a find. That's a find. It's gold, Jerry, gold, gold, Jerry, gold. Um, okay, let's talk more about uh, old Geno Smith. Geno Smith got himself a a big old extension last year or yesterday. Uh, three years, hundred and five million dollars is what the initial report was. That's that initial report is why anybody that's freaking out about you know, what Daniel Jones just got and saying he's got $40 million a year wrong, <laughs> wrong. Uh, this is essentially what it is. It's a two year, $50 million deal. Um, that's all that the Seahawks are on the hook for. And that's why with Daniel Jones devil will be in the details. We don't know what those are yet, but if the, uh, giants did give Daniel Jones $160 million, they're stupid. Um, and we can go ahead and call them that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, what we do know, Tom Palacero said it's essentially eighty-two million dollars. A lot of that's a signing bonus. Yeah. Uh, but for Geno Smith, like this is a guy who's been in the league for 10 years, man. And he was he was written off. And as he said after the very first game of the year, I didn't write back. He now gets a $105 million deal, which is uh, two years and fifty million. Um, but The base contract is three for seventy-five million. Like that's what the base contract is. Incentives will can bump that up another thirty million dollars. That's great for him, man. That is fantastic. Yep. Um, He made seventeen point five five million dollars in his ten years in the NFL prior to this. Wow. I mean, think about that had his rookie deal and then after that was just always a backup. He's been in the NFL for ten seasons. Man. And you think of a guy that you know he's now his average on this thing is gonna be, you know, thirty five million on this. Like that's that's great for a guy like Geno Smith. And for for him to have that awareness and not try to, you know, be the big swing and D. And get laughed out of the office. That is huge for him. It shows great awareness by him. And for Seattle, this works out for both parties. Because the Seahawks now, they have him for two years. And and Geno Smith is no dummy. He's going to ride this high. And he's going to see where it takes it. In in a couple of years, if he's still playing at a very high level, guess what? They can re-sign him again to another deal. But what it allows Seattle to do is it is relatively team-friendly in his annual average, they can continue to build this roster and it does not stop them from drafting a quarterback if they choose to. Right. And if the thing that if I'm Seattle and I'm John Schneider and I'm trying to do, I am trying my damnedest to, if I don't love a quarterback in this year's draft in the first round, I am trying to package one of my first rounders that because Seahawks have two this year. I'm trying to package one of those first rounders for one next year, so I have two next year as well. Yeah. You know, and, and move move back and just try to bump this thing back in because you have a good roster.
3: Well, and next you year's quarterback set, class is the better one.
0: It, it truly is, and then you can you have that flexibility to move up. And Geno Smith is your stopgap. That, that's there's nothing wrong with Geno Smith being a stopgap. No. And you know what? Now that he, he is making fifty million dollars guaranteed in this deal. He's probably pretty okay with being called that stopgap.
3: Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he only made 17 prior. Well, and he came into the season; he was supposed to be the backup. They wanted to start Drew Lock, but he beat him out in, in camp. Yep. They want, yeah. I mean, that's one hell of a redemption story. What happened to Drew? What happens with Drew Lock? Where's Drew Lock? Uh, he's still there,
0: right? I kind of. I mean, it, one of these. You gotta have su- a backup. One of these uh, true surprises and great stories of the NFL this past year. Was the Seahawks and everybody just laughing at them and saying that they were tanking? And oh, I what, thought they were going to be garbage. What they were able to do in in the draft, it doesn't happen without that draft class. No, and nobody knew that. And if you did know that, and you you're saying I knew that, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You did not, because that you're draft, either a liar
3: or you should be a GM in the league.
0: <laughs> they hit on five draft picks, and Geno Smith played out of his gourd. You got two tackles that panned out in the draft.
3: Two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dose, Yeah. If I could count in any other language, I would count to two yeah. in the other languages. Zwei in German. Yeah, there it is. French, it's deux. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Two. And, like, nobody saw that coming. And uh, Tariq Willen was an incredible—he was a star um in your secondary this year so the having that those two quarterbacks though who came in and they were the butt of a lot of jokes geno and drew lock were but the way that they handled themselves that proved a, a hell of a lot because it wasn't just geno smith winning that job it was at the very beginning of it when you said they brought drew lock in to kind of be the starter it was drew lock saying i i'm gonna support gino Mm -hmm. if he wins this job and gino saying i'm going to support drew whoever won that job they were getting the support from the other guy yeah not pulling a zach wilson who's who's already said he's going to make whoever they bring in's life a hell in practice that i know what he was getting at and i know what he was trying to say is like i'm going to push him and i'm going to be right you know competing for that job
3: there's a different way to say
0: it yeah those two guys though they helped each other out and they coexisted because they it's almost as if it was like survive survival mode for both of them. How do they survive in the NFL? That's how they do it. And drew lock. I give a ton of credit to because that guy took a ton of crap when he was in Denver and he, they very easily, he could have become disgruntled and a malcontent because we see it time and time again. These guys who are, who are high picks and they don't pan out. The media is harsh on them. their teammates, throw them under the bus. They get sent out to another place and then Boom. They become jerks and bad teammates. Neither one of those guys did that. And that is a credit to both of those both of those men and the Seahawks in general. I I was I was blown away by both of them. Um, So Geno Smith, he didn't write back, man. Now maybe he can he can write back. He's got money for all those stamps because he's gonna have to buy a lot of forever stamps with that. $105 million contract he got from the Seahawks. All right, the worst day on the web. It's coming to an end, folks. Well, not the worst day on the web. Uh, An all-timer. First is Rust with SportsCenter.
2: It's time for today's worst day on the web. With Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan.
1: Oh, really? That sucks.
0: All right, it's time for our worst day on the web, and uh, this one crushes me here because I am a big fan of the Apple TV show Te- uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, I got to get the Apple TV. You do need to get the Apple TV because it's one of my favorite shows. Uh, season 3 is coming out. It'll debut on, I believe it's the 15th of March next week. And... I love I love Ted Lasso because one it's it's a very funny show. Um, but I think that th- there's something that's in it and, and they don't like it's, it's not over the top and they don't beat you over the head with it. but um, it it is like a normalizing people that suffer from like severe anxiety and the pressures that kind of come with life and how to handle and diffuse them. I mean, that's the whole purpose of the show is that's what Ted Lasso is doing. That's the whole reason why he's even, you know, over coaching soccer in Europe is because he is dealing with the, the struggles in life that come and how you deal with anxiety and pressure in your world. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he's saying he's giving his wife space. So he gives her the Atlantic ocean worth of space. (laughs) Um, but, in his, his dealings with anxiety during the season and during the show and kind of showing, you know, how much it, it really does. It takes it takes a little army of people that you can surround yourself with and how you can help the people that are around you. Um, and it doesn't take a whole heck of a lot um, just to be a, a good person and show that you're there for people. I love that about that show. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. Um, I love the message about it and it being a really funny show too it helps and it's brilliantly written the actors are phenomenal in it um and it may you know me being a big soccer guy uh i'm huge soccer guy huge soccer guy
3: i just i love jason sudeikis Sudeikis delightful yeah yeah
0: but when he started this ted lasso and it's crazy to think that this all started from uh nbc carrying the premier league that's where all this started is commercials ted Mm -hmm. lasso football coach goes over and he becomes a, the coach of Tottenham Hotspur. And the, what they were able to create out of those commercials of this dumb American football coach going over and coaching in the Premier League, to make it the show that it is, it's is—it's—it's it's truly amazing and it's awesome. Uh, but at the very beginning of this, Jason Sudeikis said that, uh, and the creator said it'll be about a, a three-season show. Mm-hmm. And um, this is season three of Ted Lasso and Jason Sudeikis confirmed today uh, that it's going to be it. Uh, As of, you know, they're going to wrap this bad boy up and they're going to have Ted Lasso's ending on season three. And that I hate. I (laughs) absolutely hate that because of how good the show is. Yeah. But I do love it because they also know what the lifespan of it is. And the worst is when you have a, a show that you love and they hold on too long. Yes. I was just gonna
3: ask you what's 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 worse, having it feel like it ends too quickly or not in time?
0: Well, when you have the Fonz literally jumping the shark, is that, <laughs> yes. is that what you mean? They created a cliche, yeah. yeah. That everybody knows <laughs> and and hates now. Yeah, yeah. that that's well, like, I'm as, that's I'm as big a
3: Seinfeld fan as you'll find, but I even think like at least the final season and possibly the last couple just they, they were shells because they didn't have a lot of the original writers, yeah. and you know some things do hang on too long.
0: I think that that's it right there. It's worse that they hang hang on too long than if they end too early. And uh, I think Ted Lasso's ending too early in season three. But at the same time, I do believe that, like, this is a series that it has the legs to, to like, if they wanted to in a few years make a movie, it'd be a phenomenal movie. And you could keep it kind of going on in that, in that way. Right. Of taking breaks and then come out with a movie every, every so often. And, and yeah. that would appease the folks.
3: Another bummer too that the uh, upcoming fourth season of Succession will be the final season of
0: that show too. Yeah. Yeah. I I've been in and out of success, Succession because uh <clears throat> I want to punch Kendall <laughs> every time I see his his face. There there's not a
3: single likable character in that show. No. Not one.
0: Uh, yeah with Kieran Culkin's character what's his yeah. what's his name
3: uh he's Roman Roy Roman of course as as uh, old uh, Logan calls him a lot of time Romulus Roman
0: is is my favorite character but you said likable uh I like him because he knows he's a piece of trash yeah. and he owns it and he's hilarious but yes but but he is not anybody else likable he is not, not, <laughs> he is not a per, there's not a single person on that show that I want to To, like, hang out with. No, not one. They're all just irredeemable jerks. What, even Cousin Greg uh, just the whole time would be awkward. No, Cousin (laughs) Greg, no. But here's my thing about Cousin Greg. (laughs) I got a thing about Cousin Greg. Cousin Greg is not afraid to step on the people around him, too. He's just very kind about it. Right, like everybody's like, oh, uh big dumb lumbering uh, cousin who doesn't really belong. No, 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 no. He's
3: kind of got the ah shucks.
0: Yeah, guess what? He's he's got bodies. Yeah. He's burying them. I mean, he's going and getting uh, Kendall drugs in in season two. You know, like cutting. No, no, no. Uh, we know, cousin Greg. Yeah, you're not squeaky clean, bud.
3: <laughs> well, he knew we, he had we, to help him because cause Kendall was uh, fronting for his for his apartment. His I know. Fancy apartment. I know. This is
0: mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I needed a place to place the party. Yeah, Succession. Uh, uh, that shows, shows ending. I, I mean, got, how are they going to end that? I don't know. It's like, they're they're eventually going to kill their dad, right? I mean, or yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I got Manny a, a Succession shirt. It's one of those like uh, um campaign style shirts. Yeah. So it's got Tom Tom Wamsgans and Greg. Uh, I'm bit blanking on his last name. Gregory Hirsch, yeah, yeah, uh, with the quote from one of the episodes, it says to to make a tomlet, you got to break a few Gregs.
0: Hey, there you go. <laughs> Look at that. Even it's a family affair to have those witty T-shirts in the Rust household. Right there. Uh, what if they end it with um, the family gets in trouble for uh, perpetuating lies about an election? Ooh, boy. Because yeah. they did that Little the show knows, right the show the show is based off Rupert Murdoch and his family it certainly is <laughs> or maybe
3: Connor actually uh, uh, wins the presidency <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like all all of this makes complete sense and yeah. they're going to wrap it up in season four all right
3: <clears throat> Eric Bogosian finds Steven Seagal on a runaway train. Mm.
0: Yeah, here, here's one. Here's a Texas. I hate to say this because I love the show, but Yellowstone's kind of running into this right now. It's losing its edge a bit. I've heard that too. I have not. I I've been like the slowest watcher of Yellowstone because yeah. I have so many things in my queue, and it is not up my wife's alley. Uh-huh. She does not. She's she's not into Yellowstone. Yeah. So I got to watch it like on my own when I find time.
3: We're a big Yellowstone house. I I really enjoy. Yeah.
0: I really enjoy the show, but.
3: So we're looking forward to the second half of, uh, what is it, season five coming up this summer.
0: So um, uh, my wife has, she was like turned off to the show. I think it was like the very first episode Uh of season one. Wow. Like we started it and she was like, I don't want to watch this because then the, on the reservation, they kidnapped the girl and, you know. Yep. You know. Right. uh, And she was like, No. (laughs) I'm not going to watch that. Like, that is horrific, Yeah, you know, because of, you know, there's a lot of crime and atrocities that happen on Native American reservations. And she's uh, got Native American heritage. And she's like, I'm out. And I was like, that's a very quick trigger on this. Yeah, pretty quick. She was done. Wow. I like it. It's a good show. It is a good show. All right. Uh, Okay. So Ted Lasso, season three is the end. Succession, season four is the end. And apparently Yellowstone losing its edge. Let's bring Danny on. He's watching all these shows. <laughs> this is Danny Dusty on the fan. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080, the fan. Uh... This is a day of weird bump back music, my man. I went
3: in add things. I like this, though. This reminds me of Ramblin' Rod from back in the day. It does.
0: I loved Ramblin' Rod. Yeah. You know, he made... Have I told the story of when he made fun of my sister?
3: I, th- I think once a long time ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, my sister's name is Hillary, and he went down the roads of Hillary Dillery Doc, the mouse ran up the clock, and she was mortified. <laughs> So embarrassed. (laughs) So embarrassed. Like, she felt like he he was making fun of her. And no matter what anybody said, she She, was having none of it. She could not be convinced otherwise. So guess what uh, young Dusty did do, uh, uh, piss off his older sister.
3: (laughs) Constantly called her Hillary Dillery Doc.
0: I would go to the Hillary Dillery Doc every single time (laughs) and uh, went to that well several times. Uh, I got several bruises uh in my young in my young days because of it all right uh let's go to the phones uh let's check in with uh our man danny morang joining us now from bed
2: uh morang what's up dude hey, man that, that that uh Uh-oh. that Ramblin' rod uh that Ramblin' rod music i was waiting for the beat drop man were you uh
0: were you around when Ramblin' rod was was kicking
2: yeah, no, no, I remember uh, before school watching Ramblin' Rod for okay. sure. I you know what's funny is we the one time we were gonna go, I think the week before my sister got super sick
0: mm. and so we didn't go. Bummer.
2: So that's, that's, that's a- the closest I ever got. But yeah, I, I I did some Ramblin' Rod cartoons. That was like I think the tail the tail end of him is like right when I moved up here. So Ramblin' Rod was a legend.
0: Was a legend. Yeah. Uh what, uh, what What's going on with you? What's new in Danny Meringue's world?
2: How's your bed? Um, so, so the bed's great. So listen, like the first thing my wife and I ever bought together was our bed. Yeah. Um, so we got like the the sleep number. Like we went in there thinking, you know, let's get something nice. But like let's not look at price. Let's just lay on everything. And like whatever one we like, that's the one we'll get. And it ended up being like the most egregiously expensive thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And it has like every bell and whistle. But now... Now I'm like, it was a good investment. I, I, I am well, I'm okay with spending that money on this obscene bed because I've spent way too much time at it post-surgery to not uh, have justified it. But I will say this, um, she left me all alone. Whoa.
0: Oh, I thought that was going to take a darker it, it, yeah. turn. I was like, <laughs> she
2: left you? <laughs> no, she, uh, what's funny is for those of you, my, my wife works from home 99% of the time. Um, but this week she got called into the office all day today, all day tomorrow, and all day Thursday. So oh, it's just damn. me and the puppies, and she's basically like, um, like pre-making everything. So like the like, I need to get out of bed every now and then just to kind of you know move, and so I don't become one with the bed. And so I'm I I literally just came back in the kitchen eating my lunch, but I'm sitting there like over the little breakfast nook area on my crutches eating my food and i'm sure it looked very disturbing because i look terrible right now like i i walked by a mirror in the house and i kind of jumped it was like oh God, no i i look horrifying every way shape or form so um i feel swimmingly because they uh they bumped the drugs back up on the uh on the old pill bottle but uh uh apparently i look like twice right hell oh well, good, good for you. <laughs> you know, good for you, Andy.
0: All right, uh, let's talk about the bladers. Uh, it is, I called it a humbling win when you beat a team mm. actively trying to tank uh, by mm. six points, a team that was down four starters. Actually, mm. if you want to talk about it, the Pistons, who are the worst team in the NBA, were down five starters last night. We, from the beginning of the year, they were down five starters. Mm -hmm. And the Blazers win by six, but it was the second of a back-to-back. It's a, I mean, in Orlando, Detroit, it isn't your conventional back-to-back locations. Uh, But they they found a way to win. How does that kind of change things for this team right now? What did you think of the
2: game? Uh, You know, for the most part, they had control of that game until the very end. Um, And I don't say that like, oh, they're fine, they're okay. Um, Just talking to guys after the game last night – they were to be pretty pissed about the officiating. Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard, the night before had 20 free throws. He had two going into the final, like five minutes in the fourth (laughs) quarter. Um, he got the ever living crap kicked out of him last night. Uh, I talking to guys, I guess he left with three different cuts and a, knot the size of a golf ball on his forehead. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough one for him last night. Uh, I kept waiting to see a a press release from the league about uh, the Blazers or Damian Lillard being fine because I was willing to bet that they were going to say more than a few things to availability last night. But uh, they're on to greener pastures. But um, they got done what they needed to get done, I guess, so to speak. They're 2-1 and in the first three of a very bad road trip uh, or a very difficult road trip. Um, you're seeing the, the playmaking stuff, you know, behind Damian Lillard being lacking. Um, uh, Cam Reddish is showing you some stuff like why you're like, Oh, he's enticing. And also why he's on his third team in four years, mm-hmm. like a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, like his first half. I thought he was tremendous. I, as far as like his finishing and getting to the rim, uh, oh, yeah. his second half was incredibly rough to watch. Um, but now, now the tough part, now you got Philadelphia, Joel Embiid, and uh, yeah, uh, they won't be missing five starters. Well, it's Boston who is I'm sorry, coming, Boston,
0: Philly. But yeah, Boston. But this is the part about this trip that's making it so tough is that you get Boston, Philly, New Orleans to end it, and Boston uh-huh. is kind of in that desperation mode. They've Three straight games, they've lost. They've blown double-digit leads. Um, yeah. And last night was a little bit different because, I mean, if Williams makes a free throw – that game doesn't even go to overtime, and they didn't have Jason Tatum. Uh, and then Cleveland does what they do in overtime, which is just win because they're 7-0 in overtime. But um, yep. but they're still – they have that desperation attached to them because you can't lose three games when you're jockeying for the number one seed.
2: No, and they really want that number one seed. They, they want the home court advantage. It's been such a crucial element uh, for them really for the last two years. What's been really interesting about the Celtics over the last couple of weeks is that while well, everybody talks about Denver and Phoenix and Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's the best team in the league right now. I don't mm-hmm. think you can really argue that point. Um, Boston is as good as they have been. They have they've fallen on their face more than a few times. And the same kind of stuff that popped up during that playoff run last year, and particularly during the finals, their inability to create has been problematic. But they're playing the Portland Trailblazers, so that won't be an issue for them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fantastic!
2: Fantastic! I, I like with or without Tatum, uh, their their length, their size, their athleticism. Um, the those guys have been very difficult for Portland to deal with. Horford's a professional center. Um, Jalen Brown is a guy that you know Portland. Tatum and Brown have torched Portland uh, for the last four years. They've been incredible. Their length, their athleticism, their versatility. Um, if Portland is even remotely competitive in this game, I will be impressed. Though, to be bluntly honest, I, just, I don't think it's a game where they've got the horses, uh, especially going into game four of a six-game road trip.
0: Um, all right. Well, speaking of horses, are they going to get anybody back? I mean, we, we kind of teased this earlier that uh, mm-hmm. sooner rather than later, maybe?
2: There is there is some scuttle, but the Yusuf Nurkic has been ratcheting up a little bit on the road, and that's why he's on the trip is the possibility that he could make his return. Um, I don't know if it'll be for Boston. I think if he does come back, it would probably be for Philadelphia. It would make sense. Joel, you need the big body. I mean, you need a big body regardless, but you really need it against Philly. If you're, if you're thinking that there's a game on the back half, that maybe you can get one of them, um, you know, that you need the big body for. So the interesting part here is I hadn't really heard anything about NERC ramping anything up before the trip. So, um, even doing stuff on the side, I, I I don't know. I don't think this is a situation where the Blazers are like, hey, we need you out there. We'll just go ahead and play through it. You know, that's I don't <laughs> – particularly considering the Gary Tate situation, uh, I don't think that's something the Blazers are even uh, messing with uh, around that stuff. Oh. But it does sound like more and more that um, w- while Nurk may end up making return here in the next week or so, next couple days or so even – um, it does sound more and more like Justice Winslow is probably going to be shut down for the year here relatively soon. Okay. Well, that's not great news. Um, no, it's just, it's, he's he's been out for so long that at this point in time, it's it's hard to see him ramping up for what, March 7th now, or a yeah. month away from the end of the season. It would take him probably two, three weeks to get his win back. And then you're getting maybe 10 days out of him. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I don't know if the trade-off is there for him.
0: Anthony Simons, uh, are they just going to cut his ankle off?
2: Uh, gonna, uh... Last I heard, he's, he's doing better, but I still don't expect him to play. For the, but by the time they get back, perhaps. Uh, going into that game where he came back, he was feeling good. Like, I saw him go through warm-ups, and he looked great. Um, he's been dealing with a sore foot um, basically the entire season, so that's, it's not exactly surprising to see him maybe play through a little bit of stuff. Um, but considering he's now lit twice, uh they're gonna be pretty cautious with that once you start dealing with grade two repeat sprains, then you start running down that that like it becomes problematic for a career. So well, yeah, that, that's what we were that talking beautiful. about
0: that's what we were talking yeah. about when it, when the grade two came out is like that that's the fear is you have the step ankle after that, you know?
2: Yeah, and that's the thing is, is Ann has not had ankle issues, and he felt like it wasn't even like, ah, oh, I think I could go. He felt good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I saw him going through everything, and he was like, you yeah, know, I, I feel good, and uh, he told me before he played that game, when um, we injured you know, hey, it, it was the worst I had ever rolled my ankle, but I just hit the swelling never was really a problem, Um I think the issue when he re-injured it was he just got knocked around so much in that fashion that he kind of rolled it twice, um, stepping on a foot and then stepping down again. And I think that really made it worse, is that he just got caught in a pile of bodies. And so now they they kind of see where they are with it and go from there. But I feel like that's been the story of the season because lasers are now, you know, with, with, with likely Winslow Dunn, the, year. Uh, the Blazers aren't going to have a single game this year. Not one, Dusty, with their top eight. Not one. <sighs> um, like, there have been teams that have been beat so, up more than this team, but like okay. the consistency with which this team has been beat up is just
0: unreal. Okay, ho- okay. can you hold on? Yes, you can. You don't have S going yeah, on right now. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm going to put you on hold because we're way over. Because this is the question uh, that... that What are we doing? What are we doing here? All right. We're going to continue with Danny because he's got nothing to do and he is lucid right now. All right. This is Danny Dusty.
2: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball
0: your way.